0: Good to see everybody. If you will, let's turn to the book of Psalms, Psalms 25. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Father, as it pleases you, be with us. Lord, if you're not with us, don't let us go. Send your spirit here to your people. Comfort your sheep. Close our mouths and open our ears, Lord. Keep us attentive to your precious word. What a great salvation we have and what a great savior. Allow us to sacrifice all of our ideals and thoughts of self about our King. It's in His name that we ask it. Amen. All right. Psalm 25. Psalm 25. I hope I can preach today. As an old West Virginia genius. Don't call him a mountain genius. Put things so plainly. He said, "Preaching is me getting a message from God's heart to my heart, and then giving it to your heart." And he's got to do all of it. It's one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. I kind of added to that a little bit. It's a one-way conversation. You catch that part? It's a one-way conversation from God Almighty through a mouthpiece to the hearts of His people. That's what it, I can't do. That he can. I can show up. He has to, I have to be sent. He has to do it. I, I pray he does. Another friend of mine, I sat in that office this morning looking out the window, watching everybody pull in and pray, Lord, speak to one of them. If you just speak to one, we ain't spinning our wheels here. If it pleases you, your will be done. But I ask anyway, Lord, please one. Please yourself and, and speak to one. Here in Psalm 25, I want to look at just one verse. I want to look at verse 11. This is a palindrome. I learned a whole lot about school from my pastor growing up. He taught me how to write papers, three-part essays. That got me through school. So you young, young people, a palindrome is something that's spelled or is numbered the same way forward and backwards. Level, L-E-V-E-L. And I spell it backwards. It's L-E-V-E-L. It's the same going forwards as the same going backwards. Three one three, Same either way, right? Taco cat. I learned that the other day. I saw it on a t-shirt. Really odd. I said it's the same. I had this in my mind. I saw something on a t-shirt. But it's a palindrome. This verse here what we're going to look at is very true. If it's going forwards so and we read it that way, or if we're able to read backwards. We read it backwards. That's how we experience it. You can go there to Ephesians 1. Read that verse by verse going backwards. You'll see how things come to play. We'll look at it backwards first. This is the way we experience it so very often. And then we'll close with the way it lays. The way the Lord wrote it here. Psalm 25 verse 11. David writes here, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity for it is great. Who's speaking here? That's something we need to find out. Isn't it? David's speaking Is King David, that wonderful king. <laughs> the man who was after the Lord's own heart. He wrote this, Pardon mine iniquity, for it's great. David said that. The sweet psalmist of Israel. Wait a second, David cried this out? Yes, he did. Now, was, this, was this after the Lord saved him? Yeah, it was. <laughs> that cry for mercy don't stop. Once you start crying, you ain't going to quit it in this lifetime. Most certainly this was him. As we're grown in grace, if we've, if we've been given life, and that's a big if, God has to do it. If we've been given life and we're grown in grace, the filth, the weight, the horridness, the atrocities, the terrible sin, whatever bad name you can label it, whatever adjective you can use, the sin that we are becomes more apparent every day. And that has to happen. If we don't grow down, he ain't. If we're not abased, he's not exalted. Do you get that? For God's people, now other ones they grow in different ways. Well, I didn't. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about God's people. That's who I'm talking about. We grow down, and he's exalted. The child of God grows more weary of their sin every day, and so David cries. This the one who began to serve the Lord so young. I thought about that today. Oh, Samuel went down and the Lord told him, he said, I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. How did David become king? God provided David for him, (laughs) for the Lord. He said, I provided me a king out of Jesse's sons. And Samuel went through each one of them as he was told. He got one, it's this got to be it. Oh, this fellow's strong and wise and, just a good fellow. And he probably done fine as far as the world's concerned, right? It came to pass when they were come, he looked upon Elab and said, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. Surely this is him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor the height of his stature, because I've refused him. That looks so good. Oh, he says such eloquent things. He's such a great orator. God said, That ain't my man. I've refused him. What frightening words. Oh, it's frightening, isn't it? For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. There's some things I thought. Well, this is just common sense. I mean, this plain his nose on your face. This is what's going to happen. Uh, no, it ain't. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Oh, oh. Well, if I had everybody in the world fooled that I was just such a good little Christian, and I was a, I was a pastor. And, and and I talked so nice and kind, and I checked all the blocks and dotted all the T's, and my heart ain't right. I don't have a new heart. God looks on the heart. Ooh. That's frightening. That ought to hit us where we live, it ought to hit me where I live. the Lord looketh on the heart. Seven sons went before Samuel. I look forward to when we get to go through this. I do, I look forward to preaching it. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all you children? Never yet, remaineth yet the youngest. we got an old run to the litter out there. He's keeping sheep. <laughs> you don't want to see him. He's mine, but you ain't going to like him. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for I will not sit down till he come hither. He waited on the man. And he sent, brought him in. Now he was ready, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. This one, everybody, well, he's just out there keeping sheep. He's the youngest. He's the baby. He's a young fellow. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Right then. He anointed him with that oil. And from then on, the Spirit of the Lord was upon David. That's the one that's right this. Lord, my iniquity, pardon it. It's so great. Is your iniquity great? i are going to learn what iniquity is here in a second. Is your iniquity great? Is your sin great? Enough to need a pardon? It didn't make much sense having this young lad be anointed as king, was it? How could there be anyone there to relate with him? Does the Lord send us out by ourselves? Sheep are herd animals, ain't they? How many times have I told you that? We need one another. We need to be fitly framed together, don't we? Who's going to help David? He's such a young man and knows the Lord at such a young age. Uh, Samuel. <laughs> Didn't the Lord speak to him? David said, I'm young. I can't do this. Come here, buddy. What do you think Samuel told him? The Lord will provide. Just as he said he's going to, you are the ones he's provided for him, he'll provide everything you. Samuel was right there to carry him from a young age. David, the one praying here in Psalm 25, 11. he's the one that killed the lion. He's the one that grabbed the bear by the beard. He's the one that won so many battles. He wrote so many songs to be sang by God's people. He was so uplifted in spirit. It was contagious to people. He wasn't charismatic, but he's a character, that's for sure. He was passionate about the Lord that loved him and that he loved back. But the same one that numbered all the children of Israel when he was told to was the same one that numbered all children of Israel when he was told not to. He had a church fundraiser We'll learn more about that next next hour. Ought not do that. The Lord dealt with him strongly. He dealt with Israel because of that. This is the same one that lied to God's high priest about eating the showbread. About why he was there. This is the same one that started running around with his best friend's wife. She was with child. He was going to get caught. And he tried to send Uriah. He said, go home. Go home. And he said, I'll sleep right here at your feet. I'm here by the door. Uriah wouldn't go. And they said, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to send him back to battle. Send him out to be killed. That's that one too, isn't it? Same man, same man. Didn't that weigh out though? All those good things he did. you put it on the scales and, and there was the bad things he did. Well, the good outweighed the bad. Uh, no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Not so. He didn't tip the scales to indict God to blessing him. He had an old man and a new man. Why is he speaking? The Lord convicted David of sin here. And he says, Pardon mine iniquity, for it's great. Nathan came directly after this happened. And he gave the story of that rich man and poor man, didn't he? He said, David, I want to run something by you. There's a rich fellow in town, had a whole lot. There's a poor fellow, only had one cow. And a visitor came. And that rich fellow, of course, that's the one that's going to be the face of the crowd, right? He's going to entreat this visitor. We're going to show him a good time. He went and got that cow from the poor man and slew it and fed and they had a big dinner out of it. And he didn't take one of his own. He had plenty. And David said, who is he? Justice will be served. Who is he? That ain't right. I'm going to do something about it. Nathan said, that's you, David. That's you. You're the man. You're the man. You're the woman. How about that? You're the child, you're the grown, you're the old person, you're the young person. This individual. So and so don't need to hear this. You get that? I need to hear this. I'm man. If the Lord applies it, turn to Psalm 51. Nathan said to David, thou art the man. And right after, David wrote this, Psalm 51. Right after Nathan told David, you're the sinner. Not that Adam fell in the garden. That's a fact. Not that mankind fell in Adam. The devils will tell you that. Not that there's one holy one of Israel. The demons said that, didn't they? You're the holy one. Not that there's one God that we fell in the sight of. He said, you're the sinner. This isn't correct doctrine. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? This isn't good theological practices. It's when God does something. It ain't as pretty as what man likes, is it? Thou art the man. Right after that, David wrote Psalm 51. Psalm 51. 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever. Before me. Why well, was David crying out for pardon? His iniquity was great, wasn't it? It was ever before him. Does that mean sometimes? Well, I kind of felt a little bad about that last Tuesday. You know what you are. If God's revealed what you are to you, don't you? And we get a little high on our horse sometimes. and We forget and we go instructing others and, and trying to uh, get everybody else squared away and we'll lead the pack. And Lord will remember what we are. Not what mankind is. Do you get that? That's personal. Why was it great? First, it was great because of the multitude of it. His iniquities, his sin. There's a whole bunch of sin. (laughs) This has been going on from conception. And he sees that now. He sees now he was a sinner whenever he was conceived in the womb. Look at verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I didn't come out with a good foundation. Well, I had a good start in life. No, I didn't. I was conceived in sin. That's all I am. It's it's what I am. It's my DNA. There's a multitude of sins, plural, and they're great in number, but more important than the quantity of David's sin. It was great. There's a whole lot of it. I I have more than him. My sin, your sin, if God's pleased to save you, it's more important than the quantity of it is the quality of it. Why is the quality of my sin so great? Why is what my sin is so great? Our sin and our iniquity is so great because of who we sinned against. He says in verse 4, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. This is in italics. It ain't one thing, is it? Well, I feel real sorry about that one sin. He said, Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done evil in thy sight. Uh, by myself, that's all I can do. That thou mightest be justified when thou speak and be clear when thou judgest. You can be holy when you convict me, Lord, and you're clear. What's that? Here's a good way of putting that too. Did the judge have to go back of heaven and earth? And, let, me, let, me, let me go look through this volume of books I have and let's see. Now is he really guilty? No, no, it's clear. <laughs> you're wrong. I get that, I'm wrong. My iniquity's great. David's the one praying, and he's praying because of his great iniquity. You know what that is? He talks about sin and iniquity a lot. They separate that often, don't they? They mostly go hand in hand. Or they're synonymous. Sin's all those bad things I do. Iniquity's all the things I think I do good. You got any of those? How many good things have I done today? I got up early. I put on a suit that was pressed. I showed up on time. I'm coming to church on a Sunday. You're supposed... That's like that guy said, I pay my child's poor. I said, you're supposed to pay your child's poor. You want a cookie? <laughs> well, I came to church. There's an almighty God ruling heaven and earth and the universe. You ought to worship Him. People worry about the moral law. There you go. All the things I thought was good. Job said, it. what is Man that he should be clean. He which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous. Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints. I don't consider God saints. One lick, do I? What have they asked of you? What have they told you? Ah, we can deal with that some other time. Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water. We drank it like water. The things we think we do, good. we drank the fact that I don't kill babies like water. Oh, that's good, go, 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 go. I'm not hooked on methamphetamines. Look at me, Go, 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 go. I'm not like that publican. Go, go, go Ooh. Lord be merciful to me a sinner. Lord be merciful to me a Pharisee. What's David asking for? David's the one asking. He's asking because his sin's great. Both the quantity of it and who it's against. Now, does it make a difference who it's against? Is it okay to sin against God and get doing a, telling a little white lie versus murdering a million babies? What's the difference? Who'd you sin against? If you know him, you'll shut up to sin. It'll shut you up. Back in our text there. What's David asking for? He's asking for a pardon. Psalm 25 verse 11. It says, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity for it's great. Why would a sinner ask for pardon? Why would a sinner ask for mercy? It's needed because I'm guilty. And it's the only option. If you're pigeonholed into a corner, you paint, God paints you in a corner. You'll take sides with God against yourself and you'll say, I'm guilty. 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 You're clear, Lord. It's plain. Plain as day. I'm guilty. I'm the guilty one. I'm that man. Pardon me. Save, Lord. Save. When you ain't got no other option. Now, until the Lord gets you in that place, you'll lean on your, on everything else. You'll lean on you working. You'll lean on you giving. You'll lean on your attendance. You'll lean on you running. You'll lean on you crying. You'll lean on your knowledge, your experiences of the past, your dues. Until God makes you guilty, I know I'm saved because if it doesn't come with God, save sinners. You, I have some concerns for you, your eternal soul. Mankind thinks God is being judged. We need to accept God or not. Well, God's out there, and He pretty please wants you to be saved. And when I, I it's up to me to to accept Him or reject Him or. To worship him or not worship him, or to attend or not to attend, or whatever, to be baptized, not this up to me. That's my decision. Not so. We are the ones on trial, not God. We are the ones being weighed into balances. We are the ones needful of a pardon and needful of acceptance. Lord don't need us to accept him. We need to be accepted of him. Believers cry for a pardon because it's death not to. And we know something of the value of our souls. The Lord's gave us a hint. Uh, This ain't party time on Sunday morning. This ain't what we do until lunchtime. This is life and death. Eternal life and death. Pardon. You don't need pardon until you're in prison. (laughs) We think we're free. Kicking up our heels and scooting around and committed to absolutely nothing. It's despicable. Who's David and us, who the Lord real sinner Who are we crying to? Who do you cry to? Oh, Lord, we cry for pardon of our sin and iniquity to the one who is able to pardon. Would, if, I, if I broke both my legs, would I, would I call one of your children, Amber, to, to drag me across the street? No, they can't do it. <laughs> Let me help you. I appreciate it. But go away. I need somebody strong that can do this. We cry to pardon to the one that can save that's not to a person, is it? I mean, a man. That's not to a child of Adam. That's not to a priest. That's not to a, a, a preacher, a bishop. We cry to God, Oh Lord, Oh Lord. He said in Hosea 6 6, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. He wants to show mercy, He wants to pardon. Christ walked this earth and he preached, and he said, If you knew what this meant, if you knew what this meant. Micah wrote, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? That passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever, because he is he delighteth in mercy. Man. Let me put this in the shoe leather for you. Do you know what that is? Mankind don't get this. This is a precious thing we have in San Diego County right here in this room today. David cried for pardon because his guilt, it was great, his iniquity, all the good things he thought he did was horrible and all the sin he committed was horrible and it was all against God and he said pardon. Think about that. And and, and who's a God like unto thee that, that pardoneth iniquity? You, think, you, find, you put, make yourself or think of another the worst crim- criminal we have in our prison systems right now, the, the, the biggest mass murderer, the, 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 the most convicted rapist, the baby killer, the glory thief, whatever, the one that's absolute worst, and they go in front of an audience. They get an audience with the Supreme Court, and they go in front of the Supreme Court, and they plead their case, and they said, I truly am the worst sinner in the world. I'm guilty. I'm the worst criminal that there is. I'm guilty of everything I was charged with, and there's more that I don't even know about I was guilty of. And they tell that Supreme Court Justice, left alone, I'm going to do it again and again and again if you turn me loose. If I'm by myself, I'm going to keep doing it. I can't reform myself. Go read that article. (laughs) I can't do (laughs) gooder. I can't reform myself. There's no rehabilitation in me, I'm nothing. It is solely your prerogative to pardon. And I petition you, pardon me. I'm guilty. And if left to myself, I'll do it again. You are you crazy? <laughs> oh, I've been reformed by the prison system. That's what they're trying when you come up for parole hearing, isn't it? Well, I've done good. I started handing out books at the church and the libraries, and, and I do I work down in the laundry room and I ain't had a missed a day of work yet. And I, I'm doing a whole lot better than I used to. I don't sin like I used to. Ain't no pardon for them. That's mankind's pardon. That's mankind's thoughts. What kind of pardon does God give out? One that says I'm the I'm the chief of sinners. That's cute. Everybody thinks that they're a sinner. You ain't been inside of my head, Lord. Pardon. Pardon. Does that go with the thoughts of man? <laughs> does that fall in line with our logic? To go to the one that can pardon and say, I'm the worst. Mercy, because I don't deserve it. Napoleon had that happen. A woman, her son was going to be put to death. And She went to him. He was, he was a, the son was a repeat offender. She said, Napoleon, pardon my son. Be merciful to him. And he said, he's done this more than once. Justice demands I kill him. And she said, I didn't come here asking for justice. I came here asking for mercy. Mercy. Why would the Lord pardon? Why would the self-existent one, the Lord of hosts, why would he pardon? We're working backwards, right? Look at the beginning of verse 11. Psalm 25, verse 11. For thy name's sake. O Lord, pardon my iniquity for it's great. For your name's sake. What's that mean? That's twofold as well. For your glory, Lord, for the sake of your name. He swore by his name because he could swear by no higher. For your honor, we have a kinsman redeemer that's fully able to redeem the unredeemable. Those that can't redeem themselves. To restore those that one near could not. That law couldn't do it. We have a great kinsman redeemer. The law can't give life, but the fulfiller of the law can. Oh, and it's all for his honor and his glory. He receives it all rightfully so and his namesake the great physician <laughs> the Lord said they that behold need not a physician but they that are sick but go ye and learn what that meaneth Whew. I'm afraid of being too rough sometimes to tell people stuff too plainly I ought not if it's according to the word of God they that behold need not a physician but they that are sick go and learn what that meaneth I will have mercy and not sacrifice I don't want your sacrifice He's the sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This great physician, it's for his name's sake. Now, if we had a doctor, there's a TV show about one we used to watch a lot. And he was a, a famous diagnostician. He could find out what the problem was. And, and you only got to go to him if you was bad off. You got tennis elbow, he ain't got time for you. You ain't on his pay chart. You know that. That's just any old run-of-the-mill family practitioner could do that. You can get get, get your nurse to take care of that. This here's a a great physician. He only takes the sickest of the sick, the one nobody else can do nothing for. Why? It increases his name, doesn't it? His name's riding on the outcome. That's this great physician. That's for his name's sake, for his glory. I kind of see... How the Lord would pardon a sinner for his glory. I can enter into that, son. To be that judge that pardons only guilty. Because he can. He's able. Oh, man. I understand that. But how can he pardon and remain holy? That's a question, isn't it? That's an important question. How can God be just and justify a sinner like me? I don't want a crook. I need a holy God. Because of his namesake. If that was one word, instead of namesake, (laughs) the sake of his name, his namesake, the one named after him. I'm my grandfather's namesake. I'm named after my grandfather. Christ has the same name as his father, Lord, Counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father is his name. The Father called Christ the Son, the Everlasting Father. There must be something to this oneness, this unity, huh? This triune God for the glory of Christ and because Christ who shares the Father's name because of His great sacrifice because of what He's done He's upheld the honor of the Father He's upheld the glory of the Father He's glorified the Father's name how? in laying down His life for the sheep turn over to Hebrews 10 i wrap it up Hebrews chapter 10 Hebrews 10, verse 10. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. How are we sanctified? How is mankind sanctified? If we're going to be set apart for God, Jesus is going to be made holy, it's going to be through the body of Christ, through His workmanship, His doing. Verse 11, and every priest that standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts. Their hearts, not somebody else's heart. Your heart, I'm the one that broke your law. And now I see what that law is. I see who you are. I'll put my law in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is There is no more offering for sin. If we see how great our sin is, who it was against, and we see the greatness of the blood that it took to blot it out, we begin to see the love that originated all of this. We begin to see the love that this covenant, for His name's sake, O Lord, did the pardoning. That's what Paul wrote to us in Ephesians 3. He said, may we be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Turn back in our text. We worked that backwards, didn't we? I said I was going to work it backwards and work it forwards. That palindrome, same backwards as forwards. We've been watching this unfold. Now we see how it really does happen. Psalm 25 verse 11. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity for it's great. That covenant of grace before time. His glory, his honor, he determined to be everlasting before time. The lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before sin ever entered this cursed land we live on now, the Lord determined for His name's sake to pardon because of Christ. And now, now I start to see it's my sin. And now I start to see it's great. So I beg for pardon for His will, for His name's sake. You see how it keeps going back and forth? Does that happen one time? Not if you're His. He does it. David, how old was David when he wrote this? He's, da- he's up in years, was not he? he? Walked with the Lord a long time, and he said, Lord, your, your name is wonderful. Pardon me. Mine iniquities are great. Come begging to the Lord. The gospel's good news. That's what gospel means, good news. Who's that good news to? Sinners. <laughs> if I could find one person whose iniquity was great, whose sin was great, you know who the Lord is? That's who you sinned against. Call to him for pardon. He delights to show mercy. And he's just in doing so because of the blood of Christ. Knock yourself out. (laughs) Come to him. Cry to him. Nehemiah was praying. And he said, Thou art a God ready to pardon. You're ready to pardon. Have you come to him? If you ain't, why not? The door is open today might not be tomorrow might be closed tomorrow you can drown in your sins thou art a god ready to pardon gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and forsookest them not <laughs> he said i'll never leave you or forsake you oftentimes i cry out i ain't cried out enough is that my i have, i have no problem taking my burden to the lord but boy if i could leave it there wouldn't that be wonderful Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, show us what great sin we are and show us our great Savior. Allow us to see all flesh as grass and to behold our God. Make us cry for mercy. Make us cry for pardon for our sin. Pardon for our iniquity. All the things we thought we did good. We're worms, Lord. We're dogs, but we're your dogs. (laughs) Feed us as you see fit. Comfort the hearts of those that mourn. and Keep us as you promised you will. Lord, allow us to trust your word as we see it come to pass so often. Keep us till we're made like your son, this body of death shed away. Forgive us our sin, Lord. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. All right.